This podcast is sponsored by Skylight Frame. Mother's Day is almost here. What are you getting her? Something that shows you care. Something that makes her feel loved. Something that won't stress you out. Something like the Skylight Frame. The Skylight Frame is the perfect gift. It's a touchscreen photo frame your whole family can upload photos to from wherever they are in the world. It's a way to share with her all the moments that matter. It sets up in seconds. You can even make sure that it's already loaded with photos when your mom opens her Mother's Day gift. And her Skylight Frame can hold thousands of the treasured photos you share. It's an easy, heartfelt way for mom to stay connected with those who matter most. It really is the perfect gift. Now, as a special Mother's Day offer for our listeners, Get 15% off your purchase of a Skylight Frame when you go to skylightframe.com slash easy. That's S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-F-R-A-M-E dot com slash easy. Get 15% off your Mother's Day purchase now at skylightframe.com slash easy. Hey, parents special edition today. We're going to be talking about dads. And uh, this is a great topic. I love this topic because I've been a dad for 38 years. Been a grandpa now coming up on 10. Michael, you've been a dad for how long? For 29 years. 29 years. So that's a lot of dad experience right there between the two of us. <laughs> the, the amount of times that we have blown it, we could write volumes of books. Ah, yes, right. <laughs> and uh, so we're we're going to be talking about dads today, just as we did about moms about a month ago. And uh, we want to welcome each and every one of you. If you're listening for the first time, thank you so much for joining us. Please go to our website, wonderofparenting.com, and you'll find all kinds of resources there. Uh, there's a link to our Facebook group page where we do some interactive stuff every week and post some things that we can't quite do on the podcast. There's also a link to our sponsor, our good friends up at the center with Greg Jantz and uh, his wonderful staff up there. It's called A Place of Hope, and they deal with a lot of different kinds of issues, emotional issues, addiction issues, uh, and uh, it's for 18 years old on up. And uh, there may be a time in your life where you're in crisis and you could use that kind of help or someone you know. So please check them out. And uh, Greg does have a lot of other resources that you can purchase as well if you've got issues with anxiety or worry, uh, whatever it might be. And we're so glad to have them as sponsors. We're looking to get Greg on to our show here in one of our next upcoming podcasts. He's just a delightful guy, very smart. And um, so thank you to them, A Place of Hope up in Seattle. Uh, So Michael... Uh, let's talk a little bit about our dads. And uh, you chatted last time about your mom, and you had a rather challenging relationship with your mom. How about your dad? Yeah. Yes, well, uh, it, you know, it's interesting uh, how that works. If you have a challenging relationship with one parent, you know, there is fallout with the other parent. And as um, uh, my dad is still alive, he's 90, he listens to this podcast, he and I see each other once or twice a week. He lives about seven minutes from me. And uh, we have a great relationship. Um, but our relationship really wasn't always great back in the past because, um, and the thing that I had to work out in therapy around my dad was was that when my mom was being violent, my dad stood by and didn't intervene. And so I, I grew up with a kind of chip on my shoulder about my dad, you know, and a lot of it was unconscious. I didn't realize it till I got into therapy. And and you know, started really working it through, understanding it from his point of view. He struggled with a lot of depression when we were growing up, and and that can paralyze someone. And 
And, um, you know, and then obviously now for many decades, we've made peace with that and we have a really good relationship. And since my mom passed away about nine years ago now, or eight years ago, um, when we, my dad moved up here to Spokane, now we have a really close relationship. So I think father-son relationships can be quite complex if there's complexity in the family. And, um, uh, and it has trained me in two ways. One is there's a lot in my dad I wanted to continue with my kids, his patience, his vision, his intellectual clarity. Um, he was a professor of American studies, then joined the Foreign Service. So uh, multicultural perspective, I mean, uh, there's all sorts of things that I wanted to continue on. And then there was a couple things that I made the decision like a lot of young people do where they go, I don't want to do that part. That was my dad. I want to do different with my kids. And there was some of that too. Are there any uh, words of wisdom that your dad passed down to you that have stuck for you that you've passed on to your kids? Uh, it's more his um, his patience. You know, he, he he has a kind. He has a he's a diplomat. He's a retired diplomat, so you can expect this. He has a diplomat's patience. So he hasn't, there aren't, there, I mean, there was one phrase that he used a lot when we were kids that I've passed down, conditions shape the tendencies. This was, I've heard this from him for probably 20 years, conditions shape the tendencies. And I think it took me probably until I was about 50 to fully understand that. And I definitely passed that to my kids. And he had other phrases like that. But I, <coughs> excuse me, I really think it was his diplomatic patience. He always tried to see all sides and he always tried to help each person you know be heard uh as you can expect a diplomat and then he would like sort of make a decision form a conclusion after a patient understanding of everything and uh, that is the thing that i think i've tried to pass from him to my kids the most my dad um, was was a great dad. I had a, a really good relationship with him. You know, we had our, our times, uh, as all sons and dads do, where, you know, I had to do my own thing, right or wrong. Um, but I think my dad's story may be helpful for some of our listeners, especially on a Father's Day. Uh, my dad was the second born of four kids. So there was his sister, then my dad, his brother, and then their young sister. And my dad's dad, my grandfather, was an alcoholic. And uh, he was not a good alcoholic. Uh, he abandoned his family many times, and he would leave them for months at a time, then come back into their lives, and eventually just left. And so my grandmother, and this is in the 40s, uh, had to raise four kids on her own. She was a single parent living in a small town in Minnesota. And so my dad had to grow up quickly and essentially became sort of that stereotypical man of the house when he was just a boy. And, um, you know, once in a while, my, my grandfather would try to come back into their lives. And my dad, when I don't know if my dad was a teenager or a young man, young adult, uh, but at one point, my grandfather tried to come back into their lives. And my dad drew a line in the sand and said, no, you're not coming back. And it actually came, they had a, a fist fight with each other. Uh, that's the kind of relationship they had. And um, I I have very little memory of my grandfather. He died uh, when I was about eight or nine years old. Um, but I do remember uh, one time going up to where they lived. He had a new family uh, when I came along uh, and apparently treated his, his new family much better. Uh, but I remember walking in one of their... Uh, it was an old, beat-up shed, 
and the bottles of alcohol were knee deep. Uh, so that was uh, a family that drank wow. a lot. Um, and um, my my dad did not pass on any of that kind of uh, behavior to us. My dad didn't drink. Um, my mom was a pastor's kid, so that you know I had an alcoholic grandfather and a pastor for a grandfather. There's an interesting mix. And um, uh, but my dad, you know, he he uh, as I got older. Uh, one of the things that I noticed, even though he was very involved in our lives, and and uh, you know, if we had a dream or a vision, he he supported it the best he could. He was a hard worker, um, did a lot of different jobs, and excelled at many of them. But one of the things I noticed later on in his life, as I got more uh, more insight into how life works, was he was sort of on a self destruct pattern. He would he would have this great success in business, and then he would turn around and run the business into the ground. Mm. And I, I kept wondering, what what is that about? And um, when I was, uh, you know, my 30s, I think he eventually went bankrupt. And then Jan and I uh, had to step in and provide for him and my mom for a while until he got himself back on his feet. But it was later on that I began to learn about this thing called a father wound uh, that impacts young men, girls as well, but particularly young men who really oftentimes get their identity from their dads. And it, it sort of hit me that what was happening with my dad was he, he kept trying to prove to his dad, who was long dead, that he was worthy of his dad's approval. Never got it from mm-hmm. his dad. Yeah. And, and he just worked so hard to get it that once he hit success, he couldn't be satisfied with it and then kind of sabotaged himself because probably internally he he thought I never got my dad's approval so I don't deserve this success it gets really convoluted but the, the to get to the point um, I was doing uh, about a uh, maybe six seven months before my dad died I was doing a thing with the men at our church and we were talking about our heroes and I happened to walk by my dad's small group right when my dad was talking and he said his hero was his father and and I was just so stunned, I thought, wait a minute, this guy was an alcoholic, this guy that you had fist fights with, this guy who abandoned you and your mom, he's your hero? And uh, what I heard in that moment was the little boy, even though my dad was in his 70s, who desperately wanted approval from his father. And uh, on Father's Day like this, there's a, there are a lot of boys, men, women, girls, who maybe didn't have that father, for whatever reason, to speak affirmation into them. And uh, that was my dad. And, um, but the good news for my dad is he broke the cycle and he spoke affirmation into us and uh, was continually letting us know that he was proud of us, which are, you know, those are the, the most important words a boy needs to hear from dad is, I'm proud of you. Mm-hmm. And uh, my dad never heard that from his dad and it, sh- it really spooked him all of his life. And he knew it, he admitted it at times. But I, I hear that over and over again, and maybe you do too, of, of boys, young men, who did not have a good relationship with their dad, and and yet dad is still their hero because they want so desperately for dad to approve them. Yeah, yeah, that's a beautiful story. I I think you're absolutely right, and and also we want to remember that when we when we think back to dad and someone like asks us, okay, what about your dad? We, what comes to us is those the, the core issue, like like the alcoholism, or yep. in in my case with my dad. The fact that he didn't protect his kids as I wish he had um, from violence, but but dad is nuanced, 
And yep. the relationship, that the bond that father and son have, even a dysfunctional, what we call a dysfunctional father, even an alcoholic, et cetera, that, that bond is incredibly strong and uh, it, it, it's, it transcends the single issue. But when we have to talk about it or think back, we isolate a single issue. But, the, but we really, there are 10 or 20 things going on. Um, and, uh, and we don't want to be cut off either from, from the whole lineage of human history and masculine and male history and to completely condemn father or to completely abandon the iconography of our father or the imagery of our father, our gut sense of our father to abandon all of that because of his flaws would be to cut ourselves off from our own core self, which to some extent is inherited and is passed into us through our parents. And so all of that, I think, is really deep. And um, if anyone is interested in terms of the father wound, in 1991, I published a book called The Prince and the King. Hmm. And um, it is specifically to help uh, men heal from the father wound. And the first half explains it all. And the second half is a, a one-year journey, journaling journey they go through. It was based on my therapy practice. So it, that's a very real thing, that father wound. And it's it's very nuanced. And um, getting at it can be can be helpful because if anyone is listening to this and they know that their husband or their mate, their friend, is struggling with the father wound, um, there is help out there. And going through the struggle and helping him go through the struggle can really alter a marriage, can alter parenting, you know, can alter raising the ne next generation because it can help do what you did, which is not to pass on the cycle and to improve the bond between now this new father, the son, and his offspring and his spouse. And there are a few things more important than that. And in fact, all the data shows that. We're doing a Father's Day show. All, all the data, all the research, probably everyone knows this, but the, the single most important element for the success of a child, um, the single most important element studied is father. And it doesn't deny mother. The assumption is the child already has mother. So so it's actually a statement of, of grace on mom that everyone already assumes the child has mom, but it's dad who's often isolated from the child. And it's then that causes big issues for kids growing up, more substance abuse, more likely to be sexually abused, less successful in the workplace, you know, all sorts of things um, when there's father absence and when there's this father wound. So, um, so it's very important on Father's Day to celebrate dad and also to help folks get help so they can, they can be the next generation of fathers. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself... What is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Now, I, I know I'm, I'm speaking for you, but I think this is true, that as is true for me, it's true for you. 
we both love being dads and mm-hmm. it's been a oh, great yeah. adventure for us and um so let's let's talk about uh, some of the great things about dads one of my favorite movie monologues is from taken where liam neeson oh yeah <laughs> here's his dad his his daughter being kidnapped and uh, he says to the kidnapper i don't know who you are i don't know what you want uh, I don't have any money, but I do have a particular set of skills. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, it's it's one of the great all-time monologues. Uh, you know, every man hears that and tears up. And right. uh, so let's talk about the particular set of skills that dads have, that dads bring to the table. And this is why dads matter. So just off the top of your head, what are two or three skills that are particular to dads that they bring to the parenting table? Okay. Well, one important thing to say as a foundation is that father presence, even if father, even if dad is not doing, you know, a laundry list of things that someone else would like him to be doing, father presence itself uh, is very important for kids. Um, The dad could be a workaholic, 60 hours a week working, but that father presence when he's around is really, really important. And it passes on uh, paternal nurturance or masculine nurturance. It, it passes stuff on, even though there's not a lot of words going on, even though he's not as active as we would like. So I want to just say that. Now, in terms of what dads do, so obviously there's great variety. Um, uh, we're going to speak in the aggregates because we have limited time. Dads tend to be more of the aggression nurturers. So they tend to try to build resilience in their kids and this is true of all, all kids, female, male, everyone, they tend to build resilience through more um, aggressive activities, like dads are likely to be the coach of their child's soccer team, let's say, um, their daughter's soccer team, their son's soccer team, etc. They tend to gravitate toward activities that are trying to teach healthy aggression, and aggression obviously is a foundation for good life, so they're trying to do that um, sportsmanship, you know, winning, losing, all of these things, dads are often trying to do that in their in their way, and those are very important. Dads are also um, trying to teach stoicism. They're trying to say, ah, you're okay, you know, get, get up, get up, get back in there. Um, and again, not true of all dads, but we're speaking in the aggregate. And that's a very healthy thing. Sometimes, obviously, they, dads go too far on that. They're too competitive. They can be unhealthy. That's all a given. Yes, that's true. But what dads are trying to do is they're trying to raise resilient, um, you know, healthy kids who can survive and thrive in a world that fathers understand, I think, to a great extent. I like your taken metaphor. Fathers understand at an unconscious level that the world is going to be incredibly hard <laughs> and that they need to raise, you know, a resilient kid. And I think that's kind of built into dads, even though not every dad practices that. Um, a third thing in, in, in along the taken mode is that, that uh, yeah, obviously no dads or very few dads worked for the CIA and can do what he could do. But we each have our set of skills. So for me, it was writing. So I was always trying to pass on writing uh, to my kids um, uh, and emotive conversation, right? I'm, my wife and I are both uh, a therapist. So we were always involved in emotive conversation, um, passing on the skill and the ability to be empathic, but also not to take things personally and, you know, all, all of those sorts of things. And so whatever the dad has in that family, it's going to be unique to that dad. And those are very, very important to pass on. Uh, and it's okay if the, if the dad isn't like, I wasn't athletic. I tried to coach my kids in soccer. I don't think I did a great job. 
Um, but, but you know, that that's, I tried. Um, and then lastly, I would say that our, we, we should pass on to our kids understanding of our flaws and be in dialogue with our kids about our flaws. And I, I think that's actually a very healthy thing dads can do. Uh, you know, okay, this is my flaw. Sorry, sorry, I did that. That's my flaw, you know, and, and let's move on or, and what can we do from here? Uh, it's great if dads can be at least vulnerable in that way uh, to show their flaws and apologize for their flaws, because that's a that models an incredible thing for kids, the ability to be flawed and the ability to apologize. That's a great skill for kids to learn going into adulthood. There is some really compelling research that talks about a dad and dad's relationship with his daughter that can help protect her from getting herself into uh, sexual trouble later on in life. Um, and uh, it gives her a, a sense of self-esteem that really helps her make wiser decisions as she becomes a more sexualized, or sex, not sexualized, sexual being uh, moving into those years of puberty and into adulthood. Yeah, it, it, so fathers have always been essential in, the, in protecting and helping develop um, their daughter's sexuality, uh, her her sense of her own physical attractiveness, how far to go with with trying to be physically attractive, and this whole internal dance that it, you know really that every daughter is in about let's see to what extent am I a physical being? To what extent do I have to have imagery of beauty in my mind, and I have to live up to that imagery? To what extent do I have to live up to? Uh, and now, now of course, I mean, very much in the last 50 years, the, the sexual liberation and movement. So to what extent should I, when should I be losing my virginity? Should I be doing it now? Should I be doing it then? How should I be dressing in terms of how I, uh, how I am sexualized? Um, and we live in a culture, of course, that over-sexualizes everything. So, so much of the imagery shows, um, you know, girls in clothing that, that no father or mother really would want their 14-year-old to be wearing. So dads are crucial for all of that. And I think especially now in the new millennium, um, we dads have to be conscious of that and have conversations really early with our kids before they maybe get to the point where they're going to be embarrassed by it and kind of help them set limits. And one, one of the things I think a healthy dad is often trying to do, even if unconsciously, is to help kids set limits um, okay, you can't cross this line. You cross this line, this is what's going to happen. You know, Here's the consequence of that. You can't do that. That's the consequence. And that setting of limits is good, and I think it is part of the job of a father, even if he makes errors. And I certainly did do that with my daughters, and there were times, uh, now they look back on it and they, they say, I'm glad you did that. But at the time, uh, there were times when they argued against me and didn't like that I was involving myself in the way they dressed and before they went to a party. But I think that was my job and important because we've got to remember uh, they're 14 or they're 15 or they're 16, they're children who who may have their already sexualized body at 15, right? Depending on when they hit puberty, right. they could already, but their brains are 15. So, um, you know, there's a lot we need to teach them about how sex and beauty and attractiveness fits into their core self-development. I wrote a brief little ebook or PDF for dads called Dad Matters and um, talking about some of these things. And I, I wrote it for you dads to read so that uh, you would get something positive about who you are and also wrote it for moms who are raising children along with a dad. And it's on our website, wonderofparenting.com, wonderofparenting.com. It's like three bucks. 
but you can get it for free if you go to Patreon and just spend another $7. And uh, if you join Patreon, the Wonder of Parenting community, uh, you'll not only get that book for free, but you get access to Michael in uh, a variety of ways, particularly through video. So Michael, for $10 a month, what do people get when they join the Wonder of Parenting community on Patreon? Yeah, that Dad Matters book is really good. I just want to say to listeners, it's really good. Um, thank you, Tim, for writing that. Um, there's also video. So they get that book. They There's also video clips from me. I, every month, I upload new video clips on topics people have asked me to discuss who are in our, our Korean community. And then um, there's access to the parent course, uh, which links you over to the parent online course, which is really 11 hours with me, six of teaching and five of of talking by phone coaching uh so so all, all of that is there if you go to wonderparenting.com and you just sort of search around the resources you'll see immediately a way to to go over to patreon and it's as tim always says it's only ten dollars a month and if after the first month you, you don't like it you just get out and we appreciate your ten dollar donation but if right. you because you know it does take money to put on a podcast like this so we really appreciate the help but then beyond that, uh, we hope you will stay around with us because we're always going to put new resources for you. So, Michael, I'm going to give you a chance. And I'm going to take the chance myself as well to brag about your kids. We're dads. Oh. <laughs> and, you know, Father's Day uh, is, is not only a day to kind of thank dads, but it's a chance for dads to kind of brag about their kids. So tell us a little bit about your two daughters. Okay. Well, gosh. All right. Let's take this to 30 seconds. Um, so Gabrielle is my oldest. She's 29. And she is, uh, as we're taping this right now, uh, she's a week away from graduating from law school. So um, Gil and I are going to go back and Davida are going to go back for her graduation to DC. And then she has gotten a job working for the attorney general in the state of Washington because she wanted to move back to the Northwest. Uh, and so she has a job starting this fall and she'll be a, an assistant attorney general. So, you know, ground level, but she'll be an assistant attorney general for the state of Washington. And then Davida lives in Seattle. So she only lives, she's still, she is in the Northwest still. And uh, as folks may know, we live in Spokane, which is about 300 miles from Seattle. And she's involved in the climbing world, um, very active in that world. She and her boyfriend, Ben, and works at a climbing gym. And is she's getting an MBA because she wants to own or at least manage and uh, climbing gyms and be in the climbing industry and perhaps even innovate in ways she doesn't know yet, but she wants an MBA to do that. So she should be finished with that in December or spring of next year. So I have two kids as well. My daughter, Alicia, is our oldest, and um, she was sort of our world traveler. Uh, went to school in London for her college and then for her master's degree. Uh, eventually ended up with a law degree with a focus on human rights, particularly in the area of women's rights. Uh, and um, uh, she worked uh, on the Arusha courts for a while with the, uh, uh, the genocide that happened in Rwanda, did a little work with Colin Powell uh, in the State Department. Right now, she works uh, with me at our church and oversees our uh, our work with the community. We uh, do some work with an at-risk community and um, our programs to help feed folks and, and so on. So she does our missions. Uh, and she and her husband have two kids. And then my son, Mike, is uh, a musician by heart, um, but uh, he makes his living doing a podcast, which is how we got started. Michael and I got started. Uh, Mike does the fantasy footballers with his two buddies. And uh, they just do fantasy football. And for whatever reason, 
he is making a great living just talking about fantasy football. So apparently there's a great market out there for it. And if you're a fantasy football fan, uh, head on over to the fantasy footballers for them. Uh, and uh, they have three kids. And so I've been you know, a dad for 38 years, and uh, my oldest grandchild will turn 10 here in just a couple weeks. And uh, I love being a dad. I really love being a grandpa. And uh, Michael, as we kind of wrap up this time, um, I think, and I'm going to let you respond. You can tell me uh, whatever you want to tell me. I think that there's something that every child needs to hear from dad uh, that sets the agenda for their lives. I think for boys, and I said it before, it's I'm proud of you. And I think for girls to hear from dad, I love you. What's your take? Uh, yeah, I would say both for both. I think I, for for all kids, I'm proud of you. I love you. I believe in you. I'm here for you. And and especially as they become adults, um, you know, we can't intervene in their lives. So I'm here for you means I'm here for you. It doesn't mean I'm going to tell you what to do, but I'm here for you. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm proud of you. I love you. I believe in you. I, I think even if we can't say to our child, I'm proud of you because our child is, is not, you know, our child is 17 and not doing very well and is yep. making a lot of mistakes. Okay. Even if we... Because it's hard to say I'm proud of you and be authentic when you're not proud if your child's doing things that really you don't like. But you, I think you can still you know, say I, I love you unconditionally because the I love you is not about I respect you. And the a big distinction that fathers make and I think need to make with kids is, is not, not to mesh respect and love, but to separate them so that they don't forget to, to love unconditionally. So you can love a person unconditionally, your child unconditionally, even if your child is disappointing you, you got to love them unconditionally. I love you. Now, I may not say to you, I'm proud of you because really what you're doing, I do not respect. So I cannot say that to you, but I want to always say, I love you. So I guess I would add that distinction to make sure that we don't forget that love and respect are not necessarily the same thing. And we can unconditionally love someone, even if we conditionally respect them. Boy, that's such a, a great point. Um, there is something, uh, especially for us boys, and I can only speak because I'm a, a guy, of really hungering for dad's respect. And, uh, you know, for dad, for my dad, of course, when he's not here anymore, but for him to say, uh, to see me as a man, uh, it was a pretty big deal that my dad thinks I'm a man. He respects me. He respects what I'm doing. Uh, that's really kind of what we would call the father blessing. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. We need everyone. Every child needs that that father blessing. It's just core to life. So dads, we want you to know you matter. And um, we encourage you to head on over to our website. And if you want to download the uh, the Dad Matters book, you can do that. I'd encourage you instead to go over to Patreon and uh, spend the extra seven bucks and try out our, our uh, Wonder of Parenting community there. Special thanks again to our friends over at the Center in Seattle, A Place of Hope. There's a link to their website uh, where you not only can learn about the great work that they do, but also a lot of resources that can help you in a lot of different areas of your life. And uh, we've got some great topics coming up. We've got our uh, questions from our listeners. We're going to be dealing with some of those in the next few podcasts. Um, We're going to talk a little bit about uh, how can you raise kids and keep your marriage healthy. 
I think there are a lot of parents wondering mm-hmm. how they can do that. And I think we'll uh, sometime in the future we'll talk about divorce too, and those families who go for, through divorce and and how do you navigate that and uh, at the same time continue to value your kids and raise healthy kids. So a lot of great topics coming up. You can submit a question to us at wonderofparenting.com. And there's a place to to uh, just submit that question, and uh, those take priority for us. So we hope if you've got a question, you'll send that to us. Uh, Michael, happy Father's Day to you. Happy Father's Day to you, too. Thank you. And happy Father's Day to all of you guys out there who are in this sacred work of raising boys and girls. And we look forward to being with you again next time for the Wonder of Parenting podcast. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.